Welcome to Chick Chat with Unapologetically Karen, the podcast for women by women. I'm Karen Webb, architect, author, entrepreneur, creative junkie, and your host. Chick Chat is your resource for building your big, bold, and beautiful feminine life. So join me for some eye-opening and jaw-dropping dialogue that has people talking. Today we have Heather Choate. She is a number one best-selling author, owner of High Thrive Coaching, and an international marriage and mindset expert. Having fought for her life when diagnosed with breast cancer while she was pregnant at the age of 29, she gained a new perspective on life and marriage. She and her husband relied upon a bedrock foundation of trust, support, faith, tenacity, and persistence to survive and protect the life of their baby while keeping their marriage intact. With an understanding of the raw day-to-day struggles couples face, she now empowers couples around the world to save their marriage on their own as they create functional relationships. So happy to have you, Heather. So grateful and excited to be here, Karen. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I, what I loved about this is, you know, so many, um, podcasts, so many coaches are really about, um, kind of getting you to figure yourself out only and not necessarily putting the work into saving a marriage. I think a lot of it is how to get out or how to, you know, um, find, more passion or something different in your life. I love that this is really what you do. So tell me a little bit um, what the business is about. Tell us what you do as a marriage kind of um, uh, counselor. Absolutely. So we are the ICU for marriages. We help people in very extreme cases. So we're talking like verge of divorce, multiple affairs going on, you know, really intense situations like, that like most marriage, people would be like, willing to help. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like marriage 911, basically, right? You're yeah, at the exactly. critical point. Okay. That's really interesting because that's a scary spot to step into. Um, okay. Yeah. It is. And we found that so many people were like wanting to save their marriage, but their spouse wasn't willing. Their spouse is the one wanting out. And so we specifically help people that are wanting to save their marriage, even when their spouse isn't on board, they're pulling away and they don't have their cooperation. So what we've proven uh, by helping tens of thousands of couples now is that you can save a marriage on your own if you're willing to go first. And if you're willing to change a few things, then you're going to get some very different results in that relationship. And so that's what we do. Interesting. That's amazing because that's probably one of the worst spots to be in is, you know, you want to change it. You only have control over yourself and, and you're both not stepping up to, to save it. So, um, let's jump first to where, how and why did you get into this? What did you do before? What's your background? So I am a mom of eight kids currently. Wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) My husband and I have been married for, uh, 18 years and, as you mentioned in my little bio intro there, uh, at the age of 29, I was diagnosed with a aggressive stage four cancer while I was pregnant with our sixth baby. Oh my. And as we went through that, um, not only did it test 
every single level of ourselves, right? Both physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, but it definitely tested our relationship as well. And one of the things that I thought my whole life, which let me know if anyone in the audience here agrees with this, right? That I had to kind of be X, Y, and Z in order to be worthy of love. I thought I had to be like measure up to these certain expectations or standards um, that I had to be in my, my own story in my head was that I had to be uh, a good mother, a mm-hmm. good you know mother for my, my children and a good wife. I had to take care of my husband. I had to be fit and healthy and attractive. And I had to do a good job taking care of my responsibilities at the house uh, and things like that. And then when I was going through cancer, I wasn't really any of those like right. X, Y, and Z wasn't there. I wasn't able to even clean our own toilets. I was so sick. We had people from our, our church coming over to help clean our toilet. You know, I had, um, at one point after having the baby and going through surgery, I couldn't even hold my newborn. So my husband wow. was taking care of all of that. Like he was her caregiver for weeks on end, getting up with her at night. And, um, so in my mind, all the things that I thought I had to do to be kind of worthy of love were gone. And it just turned me, you know, completely inside out that whole story that I had, right. I was bald, wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. I wasn't, I was helpless. Um, so my definition of being beautiful and attractive wasn't matching up right. to the story I had in my head. And my husband still showed me love and he still showed me acceptance. And that was so profound to me that all the things, the stories I told myself from childhood on, however, I picked up this belief or the story, right? He proved that that wasn't true and that I could be loved really for who I really am. And I saw so many couples struggling with accepting and loving each other for who they really are. And I think that deep down inside, that's what we all like crave. We all want to be loved, accepted and seen for who we really are and flaws and all, right? We don't have to be this perfect version and have to do this stuff and measure up to these certain standards to be worthy of love, right? You just are worthy of love. Exactly. To have that kind of closeness and that acceptance in your relationship. And when he gave me that gift and really shifted that belief that I had and helped me see, you are good enough, you are worthy, like just as you are. I just felt in my heart, like I want to help free other people to experience that themselves. Wow. Interesting. Uh, So many times we're just running around as a false kind of version of ourselves. I think we have two versions of ourselves. We have like the real true version of ourselves, and then the story about ourselves and our story about our relationships and our story about how life should be and how relationships should work. And, and that story is where all the drama happens. Exactly. Right. uh, You know, all the tension occurs and more and more couples are getting divorced. And I believe it's because we've disconnected ourselves from the truth of who we really are and the truth of who our partner really is and the truth of like how this whole story of a relationship should work. And so mm-hmm. I came together with a close friend from college and we created this business to help couples to uncover those false stories and create a new narrative, a new story about themselves and about the relationship where they can have like that deep level of trust and deep level of connection, deep level of acceptance of who you both are. So that relationship can be as fulfilling and close and intimate as possible. 
Uh, and that's the work that we're we're doing now. And I love it. It's it fills that is fills me, it me up. <laughs> does I'm sure it does. Yeah. And and I mean I was all over your website and there are so many testimonials that just I mean, it's not just like, oh yeah, you guys helped us a little. It's like wow, my husband just moved back home after having been gone for three months and we're on a new path. And I, it just, it's, it's pretty remarkable to see the turnaround that happens. So tell us a little, um, well, tell us a little how it works. And also if there are certain things like an affair or something that becomes so difficult to, you know, get over or surpass yeah, that's a really good question. In fact, that's the most common one I get is like, is this even possible? Mm-hmm. And like people that might be listening to us are like, well, that sounds great for everyone else. But for me, I'm, yeah. I'm special. I'm different. Like, yeah. this is so bad. Right. You don't know <laughs> how bad this is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, um, and I can understand that. I felt that myself in my own marriage too. Like, he's not willing to talk to me. What else can I do about it? Right. Yeah. And I think that's where, um, we really need to understand like we haven't been taught how to have good, healthy and functional relationships. Mm-hmm. And so it's not really your fault that you haven't known these things up until now because it's not modeled in our society. It may not have been taught to you or modeled by your parents, right? They're probably doing the best that they could, but right, right. you know, they didn't know these yeah. things either. Yeah. Their relationships yeah. had issues too. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. And most of our friends and family members, you know, our media, like, celebrates the drama yes, and highlights so the the light on all of the dysfunction. Yes. And it's amazing when you can realize there's a different way of doing things. You can step out of those dysfunctional patterns. That's really what it comes down to. What we help you do is uncover what is the pattern that you're in right now. That pattern comes from that usually from a false story that you've built up to protect yourself, mm-hmm. to try to keep yourself safe, to try to, you know, sometimes we exert control or we go into, you know, dysfunctional, um, destructive behaviors, even mm-hmm. affairs, right. To cope. Right. And when we realize that you can look at that pattern and say, that pattern isn't the only way I have to do this. I can choose a new pattern. I can create a new story. And when okay. you start to do things in a new way, you're going to get new results. So it's very specific to each couple on what that pattern is okay. and what the story is that you have and your partner has about you right now. Like if your partner's pulling away, wanting a divorce, they have a negative narrative about you. They have a negative belief about you. Right. Right. And that is what they're going to hold on to. And they're going to pull further and further away from you. What we help you do is identify what that story is and then help them to change that story. So they see the real you and they love you and accept you for who you really are. Interesting. Okay. And now do you typically work, who comes to you first? I mean, clearly it would be one of the partners, right? Probably not both. Is it usually the man or the woman? Does that, or is it a mix? What would you say? We have seen, yeah, we've seen absolute mix. Um, we see every single kind of couple you could possibly imagine in every single scenario. I've heard some really amazing and crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we do like uh, about 95% of our couples start on their own. And even if both partners are wanting to work together, we actually want to work with them individually first before we work with the couple together, because there's just this foundational work that has to happen inside you 
then, you know, before you're ready to do that work with your partner. Okay. So we lay that groundwork first with the individual and then bring their partner in later. Okay. So with the, in the individual, you're trying to figure out what their story is, what is messing with their kind of um, reactions or what they're bringing to the table and then independently each. Okay. And then bringing them together. Exactly. Um, exactly. How do you, how do you recreate that trust if that's been broken? Yeah, that is a process. We're talking about like people have had affairs, multiple affairs, lies, deceit. Uh, I was just talking to many, uh, like three or four gentlemen last week where their wives were falsely accusing them of things, right? So we have all these different Hmm. scenarios where trust has been broken and um, it is painful. I'm not going to ever say that that's not painful because it is. Mm -hmm. And when your partner says, I love you, but I'm not in love with you, or I want out, I want a divorce. These things are painful. Yes. Um, yes. But it's like, what are you going to do about it? Right. (laughs) So uh, restore that trust to answer your question about that. uh, We want to go and understand why was trust broken in the first place. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure we always focus on the root issue rather than the symptom. Because an affair, them cheating, them lying, them stealing, them falsely accusing you, all of these behaviors happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. They don't just happen like one day because they wake up and decide they want to, usually for a normal, right, <laughs> you know, right, normal right. healthy human being. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we want to make sure we understand why did this happen. Um, a lot of well-meaning therapists or other gurus out there are just going to say, well, just end the affair and then everything is going to be fine. And that's not true at all, right? Because right, right. the, the no, main issues that caused it are going to come back. Yes. So we want to understand why this happened. And then restoring the trust is a process of identifying the patterns, changing those patterns, like I mentioned, and putting in healthy boundaries. And there's a way of doing this that is, uh, you know, helps you if you're the one that they broke your trust, right? Yeah. You feel safe and secure and helps your partner actually move closer to you. Some people are afraid of putting boundaries because they're like, well, he already wants out. He's already like having this affair with this other woman or whatever in this example, right? right. So if I put this boundary in, I'm just gonna, he's just going to go closer, move further away from me. Um, right. We help you guys uh, you to create boundaries that don't push your spouse further away, but allow for that healing to occur in the relationship, allow the healthy, functional um, behavior to come into the relationship and that trust to be restored in time through consistency, you know, right, through consistent right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That, that's been my experience. And I, I didn't have someone like you around, but when, uh, that whole betrayal happened, but I found I couldn't get past it. I could not, but it was also, but you know what, you're right though, because the behavior kind of continued the same, you know, signals were there it wasn't like he had stopped the affair completely and had come back to me. Like it, it mm. was just a, a bandaid and, and you can feel the difference when it's a bandaid versus when you're at the root of the problem, not just a bandaid on the symptom. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And one thing that's really interesting, there's some studies that are done, like once a cheater, always a cheater. I was like, mm-hmm. is that true? You know, I was curious about that in our early yeah. days of doing this. And the studies show like you are a, like, 30% more likely uh, to to cheat again if you did cheat. But the statistics also show that if you've been cheated on, you're also 30% more likely to be cheated on again. And that yeah. really struck me as interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, how come? Why? Right? Like that's an interesting dynamic, right? And so then that helped me like go deeper into well, what is creating this? Like what are the cycles and the patterns that are causing this to happen? 
because you don't want to just get cheated on once no. and go into another relationship and have it happen again. But we've right. probably all seen or known someone that that's happened, or maybe that's even happened to you. And so I'm like, my mission is to help people like understand, not that it's your fault, because it's right. not like your fault. People right, are doing exactly. this to you, not blame. But it yeah. is taking accountability and like, what is my part in this pattern or this mm-hmm. cycle? And how can I end this painful cycle and create a new healthy one? Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I could see where, I mean, certainly for me, there was a ton of therapy after. So thankfully I was able to also see like, I think what happens is my experience has been, um, people don't trust their intuition enough. They just want to see the outward signs. So they don't see it, you know, but if, if, if you can leave a situation that, or if you are in a situation where you've been betrayed, you've got to have more faith in your intuition than anything else. Um, I think if that stays intact, then I don't believe you continue the pattern of being cheated on because you trust yourself more than the lies or stories that are coming at you. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Tuning into inner true part Mm -hmm. of yourself, right. And listening to that. Um, and that's worth it to me to, to heal those things, uh, to come home to who you really are so that you don't keep experiencing the drama and the pain over and over and over again. I think all these challenges that come in our relationships, like they come for a reason. They come to teach us something. They come to help us become a better version of ourselves. And you don't just have to go through this hell. Like you can. Right. People that you like, you go through the hell and you come out like a more broken version, bitter part of yourself, you know? Right, right. Or overcome it and learn from it and grow from it and become more whole, more loving, more forgiving, more strong in your own personal boundaries that you need to have, right? You can help to create mm-hmm. a new pattern for yourself and generations to come. Um, and that's to me worth everything. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> to learn from challenges. Absolutely. Yeah. Now tell me a little, so how many, I know, um, I think I saw it. there are four big steps. Can you go over those with us a little? Yeah. So in our path process, we want to gain perspective into what's actually happening. So many people just rush into, oh my goodness, my spouse is leaving. We go to fear. We go to anxiety. Mm. We go to terror and desperation, or we go to just absolute pain and shutdown, right? Right, right. And so we either like shut down and pull away, or we rush into action. And many people are trying to solve problems out of order, or they don't even know what the actual problem is. They just kind of like, I'm going to work on myself or I'm going to go to therapy or I'm going to like try this thing I heard uh, from a self-help book and not not say that anything of those things are bad. But for me, like when I was going through cancer, I couldn't risk getting that wrong. Right. Absolutely. My life was on the line. Yes. My baby's life was on the line. My kids, I wanted to be there with them. I couldn't just haphazardly go into action and like try to like do all this random stuff. Right. I needed to know that what I was doing was going to work. Right. And I was given a 5% chance at survival. Oh my goodness. A 95% chance. So you talk about like low odds for your marriage or your life. Like I've been there. I know what that feels like. Right. Wow. And so I couldn't afford to get that wrong. I had to do what you said, like listen to that inner gut Mm -hmm. feeling of, I knew I needed to keep my baby to save and save my own life. Right. Um, and all the doctors and the different experts were telling me to abort her and to do wow. this different treatment and do these different things. And I eventually just had to like narrow it in and be like, what do I need to do? And what is going to work here? What, so I what think that when you do, get by the way, level, 
and then tell us what sure, you're going to yeah, do. Sure, yeah. yeah. Okay. So side note. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, immediately made that first decision of, well, I'm not going to abort my baby because to me, that wasn't the, the path for me. Um, and so I had to listen to my own self about that. Right. And my husband was absolutely on board. And I think that when you're at that level of like commitment to a decision, like I'm going to do this and it's going, like, I'm going to have the happy outcome. And I'm also going to surrender too, because mm-hmm. there's an element I can't control. Just like right. in your marriage, there's an right. element you can't control. So, um, as we did that, then we were led to one of the top breast cancer experts in the world who actually lives here in Colorado, where I live, okay. um, at Denver Anschutz, um, Dr. Borges. And she's one of the top five in the world for wow. young women going through breast cancer, specifically pregnant women. And she has treated numerous, um, clients and patients, right. To, to uh, a good outcome. And Mm so I connected with her and it wasn't what I wanted to do necessarily (laughs) with Mm -hmm. chemo and everything like that. But I knew that I had to just trust in her, um, expertise. And as I was sitting in her office, that first day we met her, she was like, I know this is scary for you, but for me, it's just another Tuesday. And that's what I tell our clients too. Like, I know that this is hard for you. I know that this is hell for you, but for us, right. it's just another Tuesday. We yeah. do this every single day. Yeah. Everyone else might be telling you it's impossible. Everyone else might be telling you to give up, to move on, right? Everyone else might yeah. be telling you that you have no chance of turning this around. But if something inside of you is saying, I need to save my marriage. Like I need to know I gave it everything I could. I love this person and I'm willing to do whatever it takes then listen to that because right. when you right. make that kind of decision, then the way to get there will show up. Like it will, the answer will come in time. You know, you will be guided and led on how to find that outcome. So that's one of the most important things to do is get to like where you really want to go. Right. And that's right. for the perspective piece too, tying it back to the path process. Right. So we need to know what's really going on and where you really want to go. When you get into all that fear, it's like you got your head underwater. You're just trying to breathe, right? right you're just trying exactly. to like, like you just get hit wave after wave after wave. And it's so natural to go into flight, flight or freeze mode, to go into emotional trauma response, right? And not even really think about like, where do I actually want to go? What kind of relationship do I ideally want to have? Right. But when you make that kind of decision, now you have a direction. Just like when I made the decision, like I'm not going to bore my baby. I'm going to figure this out. Like you make that kind of decision and then the way to get there will show up. So that's one of the most important things is to decide where you really want to go, get perspective on what are the real problems here. And then now we can go into adjustment, which is a, in the path process, that's where we're going to make those adjustments to the pattern. We're going to identify what the pattern is in the perspective piece, what's actually going on here. It's amazing because, you know, Karen, I, many people like they don't even realize that some of the things that they're doing are actually totally backfiring. Like they don't even know it. Really? For Give instance, us an example. To, yeah. I was talking to a gentleman. Um, I'll change his name to, to Tom, but he was telling me that he has been texting his wife every day to fight for his marriage because he doesn't want to just give up. And so he texts her every day, how much he loves her, how much he's willing to work on this with her, how much he forgives her, texts her pictures of their wedding vows and their, you know, anniversaries and all these things. And Tom was telling me like, she doesn't like it. She's asked me to stop, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to show her I'm fighting for my marriage. 
And so this is like a pattern that he's in and he doesn't even realize the more yeah. he texts her when she's already said, yeah. I don't want you to text me is not right. respecting her, helping her feel heard or understood. And so just in that way, you know, like things like oh, that, I that get people it. Get yes. up and they think that this is the right thing to do. And they have no idea that it's actually pushing their spouse further away. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, that full court press is not necessarily good. Yeah. If you're not ready to receive that, it's going to repel you, I would think. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Um, and it's, it's amazing though. Cause so many times when we're in it that we think, okay, I'm just going to do everything I can. <laughs> and we don't realize mm-hmm. that those might be the things right. that are actually pushing them more away. Interesting. So it's understanding like, what is the pattern that we're in? And now how can we adjust that pattern with the behavior, right? Right. With behavior and changing the story. So adjusting what the story is and adjusting the behavior to match the new story. And then this is where a lot of people go into it and they're like, okay, my partner's like, I see that you're changing or I don't even see that you're changing. Like either they see the changes or they don't see them and they Mm -hmm. don't care. (laughs) Right. 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 Sometimes they see the changes and they're like, I don't believe the changes. So a lot of people fall into this kind of camp. They're like, I'm working on myself. I'm trying to improve myself. But my partner, like, either doesn't care, doesn't see it, or they don't believe it. Right, right. And so that's when we have to go into the third piece of telling a new story. And that's where we have to show with consistent action that this is the real, you know, the real new story. This is the real new me. This is how I actually am and help them to release some of that resistance because they're going to be very resistant at first. We actually expect that. Um, We actually embrace that instead of just trying to tell them to not be resistant to the changes at first, right? It's okay. Cause their resistance is needed at the beginning. And so we actually okay. let them kind of keep the resistance. Um, and then as we go down further into the process, eventually the resistance will just dissipate on its own. Like and this is of the person that this is of the person who wants to keep it, that you're working with or the other or the partner the spouse that's pulling away is going to be yes. resistant okay. to talking to them, resistant to working yes. on the marriage, Got it. resistant to believing the changes or seeing the changes, right? They're going to have their heels dug in. <laughs> yeah. Because how many times have we seen people say, oh, I'll change. I'll, you know, that, that broken record, I think we've all heard, you know, where um, I'll change, I'll change. And then you just wonder, is that really going to stick? Do I trust it? Is it here to stay? So I, I could see that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, and that was one of the big discoveries that we had that really started to shift everything that when we made this uh, discovery several years ago, we realized, you know, every second like work on yourself, but your spouse doesn't care or they don't believe it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so what we have to do is help them feel safe to let the story go. And that has to be done with, you know, this consistent action with the new story. And that's going to be very specific for every single couple of what that looks like and how to demonstrate that. We call these like healing cycles because it's not just a straight shot. It's kind of like we have to keep repeating this at different layers and different levels right. to help what, them to feel safe enough to let the story go. What would be an example of that, of what they would need to do? Yeah. So let's say that they're, um, let's say that there's a husband and a wife and the wife is saying, I want a divorce because you don't emotionally support me and I don't feel respected. Maybe I haven't had a voice here and you're really controlling. Like that's her story. So we okay. identify, okay, that's her story. And now she's wanting a divorce. You know, I have a client that this is almost exactly his story. So <laughs> it's a good case. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, he went about going first 
demanding that she went to therapy, demanding that she honored her marriage vows, then trying to kind of manipulate her to get him back into it. And then this is very common mistakes that people make demanding, manipulating, yes. and then going into fear and desperation when that didn't work, begging, pleading, you know, oh, yeah. acting out of desperation, doing all these things to try to, to get her back and all that just pushed her further away. Right. And she's saying, well, I still don't feel heard. I still don't feel respected. Then he went into the work on himself. And so this happened for like six to eight months. Right. So say this is a, you oh, know, wow. an example mm-hmm. here. Um, and now you're at the point where like, I feel like I've done everything. I don't, nothing's working. I should just give up. There must not be any hope for my marriage. Right. That's where most people come to. Right. They're at where they, when they come to us. And so, um, yeah. So to help her let go of that story, we had to take the pressure off, right. Have him kind of back off yes. on the, you know, going full court press right. on her. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, understanding what the patterns were that were causing her to pull further away. Why was she actually saying, I don't feel emotionally supportive? Why is she saying you control me? And what are the behaviors and the patterns that he was still doing mostly right. at a subconscious level? Because yes. he was in that fear and desperation. That was the pattern he thought he needed to be in to have the relationship work. Right. And to start to shift some of those patterns and tell her, you know, um, so the next time she was saying, you know, I really don't like it when you, you know, want to talk to me about the relationship, um, around the kids. So instead of continuing to do that pattern of talking about the relationship in front of right. the kids, he said, I'm going to respect you. I'm not going to talk about the relationship in front of the kids. Right. And yeah. using that word, we call this a home message. Cause it's like bringing the story back home. You always want to come back home to the story you want to create. So like, I respect you. She's saying, I don't feel like you respect right. me. I don't feel like I have a voice. You're controlling me here. He's demonstrating I'm respecting you. And then he's backing it up with action. Okay. I'm respecting Makes you. Sense. I'm no longer talking about the relationship in front of the kids and then continuing to do that in all the other instances where he can't right where it comes up. And then this way, you know, that every action that you're taking is going to be effective. Like it's going to move you forward. Just like I mentioned earlier, like I couldn't afford to get it wrong when I had cancer. Right. I think people can't afford to get it wrong in their relationships. They're too important. Like they really are. Right. And um, and they're at that like moment. They're at, right at the kind of, you know, precipice ready to fall off the edge there, it seems like when they come to you. So yeah, they don't have time to get it wrong. And I, and I did see that a lot in your website too, about doing it quickly. Yeah. Tell me right. about that and why quickly and how that really helps. Yeah, that's an interesting one because (laughs) to our clients, it actually feels slow at first because of course they want it to happen yesterday. Um, And it's an interesting thing because as we go into taking that pressure off, like this client did, and like you talked about, like backing off on the full court press, Mm -hmm. it feels really weird to most people to do that because their instinct is to try to keep going further and their fear is like driving them um, to put all the... Yeah. yeah intensity counterintuitive. You're right. It doesn't exactly. counterintuitive. Like I want this, but I'm backing off, but I, but yeah, you do need to, you know, I, a lot of therapy I've had. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what, since, um, my divorce and being betrayed, et cetera. And I learned something that, you know, there's a few things that, that therapists say that just stick with you. Right. And this mm-hmm. one was just so powerful where it's like a relationship is like a rubber band to people kind of holding the ends of that rubber band. And if one is pushing so far forward 
the other one's going to pull back because you want to keep that rubber band kind of taut. And uh, yeah, so too much just, you know, it will make them back off. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You need them to come forward a little. You have to back off a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, And so we can understand that like logically, but then emotionally, there's a whole other piece to that, right? Where we Mm -hmm. can't help but go into like this fear response. So teaching people how to process through those emotions so they don't feel the need to kind of put all that pressure on the relationship and on the other person. So we do it fast by going slow at first. It's like the momentum of a train. It's heading right off the cliff. You know, you can't just immediately put it into reverse. It's not going to work. People want that, (laughs) but it doesn't work. And so you've got to hit the brakes. And we call that the pause button. And that's where your spouse is no longer pulling away from you anymore. They're also not taking steps towards you right away. Okay, you gotta right. Slow down the train, right. get some everyone to just agree to give a little bit of a breather room here. Like, what can we get your spouse to agree to? Can we get them to agree to less tension in your discussions? Can we get them to agree to giving you six months before the divorce is final? Right. Mm-hmm. Anytime that we can just create a little more space, a little more uh, time and room in the relationship is going to help with that pause button. And then we can start to get momentum going in the right direction. Okay. The overall mm-hmm. relationship being completely fully restored to the level where people are saying my spouse loves me and accepts me for who I really am. That does take more time Them right. deciding to come back home, putting on their wedding rings, you know, the things that you yes. see mostly on our, our testimonials that can happen faster than most people realize when you start to change the patterns, you identify the, the patterns and change them and shift them. That's going to start to get the momentum going in the right direction. Okay. That but makes beyond sense. that, there's more that has to happen, more healing, letting go of past pain, letting go of past trauma, really restoring the trust and the relationship and the relation, you know, the trust in the relationship. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. Said that twice, <laughs> you know, so that yeah. it can be healthy and strong and have that lasting foundation. And I think for some, maybe even finding a deeper connection than what they once had. I mean, hope sometimes yes. this kind of a marital trauma or you know falling off the right track. Um, yeah, maybe it can bring them into a deeper connection rather than something kind of superficial. So Absolutely, that's the only. Mm-hmm way that we want it to be because yes, <laughs> that's the right. only way it can actually be lasting uh, is creating an even better, healthier relationship than what it was before. Yeah, absolutely. So which was the, the one thing that people are always surprised at or the last step that is that the last step then, or w- which is your last, your fourth step that you talk about on your website? Yeah. The last step is that oftentimes like across the board, we can help you to communicate better. We can help you have respect, even if things are so volatile, even if they're pulling away, mm-hmm. you're going to like get to a place where things are really respectful and really even comfortable with your partner. Then what happens is you either get stuck in the friend stage or you push too soon for commitment and that backfires. So ah. the surprising thing is that most people don't know how to overcome this last piece so that you don't just get stuck in the friends right. state. Right. So now we're civilized yeah. and we're not chewing each other out, <laughs> calling each other names, whatever people do, but, um, right. But you might end up, okay. I could see that. Yeah. So that's the last piece that people are like, 
oh, I feel so good because now we can talk. We're like best friends again. We're talking for hours at a time. I feel like I can share anything with them. Like I feel so respectful. I feel like we really understand each other. This feels really, really good. And you don't realize that there's still that last little piece of your spouse's story that they're holding on to. And so overcoming that last little piece to really deepen that connection. So the surprising thing is that there's typically 12 tests that your spouse is going to put you through in different ways before they finally let that story go about you. And you have to overcome all of those in order to not get stuck in the friends stage. Okay. And so that's where most people uh, get tripped up right at the end is they think, oh, we're like so close. We're We're such good friends. I'm ready to ask them to come back home or, you know, I'm ready to ask them to renew our wedding vows. And then it totally backfires. So you have to overcome that last little bit of resistance and fear in them. So they let go of that story. And then you go on into that, you know, passionate, intimate, romantic relationship that you're really wanting to have. Right. So that's the last part. Cause I guess maybe, yeah, your, your mind has opened up to the other person, but then you've got to get to where your passion and your body do too. That's, yes, that takes a whole other level. Yeah, I could see it that. It does. Yep. And uh, that intimacy, that passion, that spark is usually the last thing to come, which can be very frustrating for a lot of people because yeah. they really <laughs> want that right. again. And so it's really knowing that that is like, you know, the cherry on the top. Like that's the thing that comes with yeah, the it end. Is. Mm-hmm. And you can't push through it too soon or it will backfire. It's really important to solve problems in order and yes. to have, you know, the guidance along the way so that you know that you're doing this correctly. Don't risk getting it wrong, right? That's, I guess, one of the biggest yes, things that yes. I do share with people. Um, one of my favorite sayings is you can't read the label when you're inside the bottle. As you know from <laughs> you're right. lots of therapists, That's right? Funny. Yeah. Like you can't read the label. Like you, you're so close to your own life, to your own, you know, crap, your own relationship. You don't even know what's really going on. I'm so close to my own marriage. I can't see it for what it really is. Right. And sometimes we're so stuck in that story that we've created about ourselves and our partner and the relationship that we don't see it for what it really is. And so it does take someone, an expert from the outside who knows how do I read the label on this bottle? How do I diagnose what's really going on here? And how do I prescribe the right treatment plan to get to the positive outcome that we're wanting to see? And so that's what we help you do. We help you read that label on your bottle. (laughs) There you go. And then now do you work with both people at, at, as you continue, are you working with both spouses or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. As we go down the process, they're going to want to actually be on board. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to be the one that makes that request. That's one of the things that um, is very different about what we do because we take that pressure off. We adjust some of those patterns and that gives your spouse the space to actually take steps towards you. So they're actually the one that's initiating. They're the one that's asking you on dates. They're the ones that are, you know, we flip that script. So they're actually the one pursuing you, chasing after you instead of the other way around. Right. Um, And so they're going to be the one usually that are like, I want to get on board with this. I want to create a healthy relationship with you. I want to work on this together. And now what would you say if, so you've been married 18 years, which is a, a wonderful, amazing, um, a lot of people don't get to that point. What would you say to people who aren't yet to the point that they would need to, you know, they're not on that precipice yet. They're not ready to give up yet, but they're just maybe in a good relationship. But what are the things that you believe really are what they should hold as um, 
as something important in their relationship to make it so that they don't get to that place? Would you say that there's a certain few things? What would you call, what would you say those are? Yeah, I think that the ability to give and receive feedback and repair damage is vital to every relationship. Okay. And we know that there's always going to be challenges. There's going to be disagreements. There are going to be hurtful things to happen. And it's the couples that are able to uh, give and receive feedback about that in a respectful, productive manner, you know, for the mm-hmm. most part. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Which can be hard things. for people. Mm-hmm. Right. It is. But it's a skill and you can learn it. Again, remember, it's not your fault if you feel like, I don't know how to do that. Either right. I just avoid it or I blow up or whatever, right? Those are yeah. all just patterns and you can create new patterns. So um, learning how to give and receive feedback and how to work together as a team to actually resolve issues before mm-hmm. they become mm-hmm. the bigger things. Right. You know, um, I used to hear the advice, never go to bed angry. I don't know if anyone else has heard that marriage oh, yeah. advice. Yes. I actually completely disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it is about being able to come back together to resolve those those issues so they don't continue to linger. Right. I agree with the idea that it shouldn't linger, but if you need but. to take a break and go to sleep, that's okay. It's okay. Right. You don't you want to be in the heat of the moment. Yeah. And if someone's <laughs> not in the right headspace to have that conversation, it can just be worse. So I, I agree right. with you it on that. for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I always... um. I always say that, yeah, that there's a few things I think are critical. One is that I think you're right, that you can take criticism and that you argue kindly, you know, respectfully. I think people mm-hmm. tend to go to that dark place, call each other names, be, right. you know, word, you can't take those words back. And yeah, to mm-hmm. kind of be cautious about those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very, very true. Okay. Anything else you might want to add for all the listeners out there hoping to you know, build that beautiful marriage or beautiful relationship? Yeah, I think just tying it back to kind of, you know, at the very beginning, we're talking about like your own story, you know, my own story, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't Mm -hmm. worthy unless I did this, this, and this. And I was always striving to like meet that standard and always falling short. Right. So really listen again to like, what is the story or belief that you have about yourself and overcoming those limiting beliefs, those fear-based stories about your own self so that you can see that you are good enough. You are worthy. You are deserving just as you are. And then the rest are just skills and we can all learn them. Right. That's fantastic. As we learn those skills, we can give each other grace to see each other for who we really are, to celebrate each other for our differences, Mm -hmm. um, to even see the good in those differences and the good in each other and the good that is inherently in you. So really just coming home to who you really are is going to free you from so much of the weight of, you know, the tension and the drama that you might be experiencing, the disconnection that you might be experiencing for yourself and your partner. When you really come home to who you are, it allows you just to find that wholeness and the centeredness in yourself. And then as you create that relationship with your other person, you know, your partner, you see the goodness and allow them to come into wholeness in themselves. Then you just are able to, you know, up-level each other even more with that right. beautiful intimacy and connection that you have. Oh, I so love listen it. to who you really are and trust that intuition. Yeah, that's wonderful. No, great, great advice for everyone to hear, especially, I mean, I don't know what the divorce rate is now, but it's, I think it's higher than 50%. Right. Um, it's 50 it, to 60% typically. Yeah. Most yeah. Cultures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's rare when someone can kind of go the distance. 
um, in one relationship. That's pretty amazing. Well, thank you so much. Let me ask you if people need or just want to get a hold of you, what is the best way for them? Yeah. So you can go to our website, highthrivecoaching.com. That's H-I-G-H, almost like a high five, highthrivecoaching.com. Okay. We also have our Facebook group called The Thriving Marriage. It has over 40,000 members. Wow. Uh, so you can join us over there if you want to join a powerful community that's completely free over there. Love um, that. And our podcast is on our website. We also have um, my book is called Fighting for Our Lives. That's my memoir about going through cancer and showing that experience of listening to that inner intuition, overcoming those challenges, and building on your faith and your relationships. Uh, and then you can also check me out at heatherchote.com. Okay, perfect. And Choate is spelled C-H-O-A-T-E, correct? Yes. Correct. yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Heather. It has been wonderful, very inspiring. And I, I love that you're there to, you know, if people do find themselves at a precipice they don't want to be at, and they want to kind of get help pulling back into to the relationship they want. So thank you so much. Thanks for being here. 